Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's 930 in 716. The houses of worship, the leaders for those communities have to start to think, okay, what are we going to do to protect our community, to protect our place of worship? The only thing we can try to do is prepare ourselves uh, so that we are not the the uh, the, uh, the soft target or, or the victim uh, of something like this, and to know what to do with it does. The key behind, especially in a place of worship, the key behind security and safety is, number one, you should not even know that it's existing. I'm Tim Wenger on 930 and 716. A vigil is planned on the campus of the University of North Carolina, Charlotte, after a gunman opened fire Tuesday, killing two people, wounding four. Police identify the suspect as 22-year-old Tristan Andrew Terrell, who is in custody with charges pending. Governor Roy Cooper saying in the coming days we'll take a hard look at all of this to see what we need to do going forward. What we need to do moving forward is the real question, one that is being asked by numerous organizations, houses of worship, and mass gathering places in general. Three opinions on the podcast today and much similarity between them. You don't want to go into a program and just go right into active shooter training. There's a lot more that encompasses preparedness for a location, whether it's for a place of worship, whether it's a business, or whether it's a school. Mario Rodriguez with Forsetti Protection Group thinks about this stuff a lot and talks about it here with Brendan Keeney. Where you want to start is you actually want to start with a, an assessment. That gives you an opportunity to look at um, the specific risks and gaps that might be in, into uh, your organization. Uh, that allows as well for your organization to avoid spending frivolously or just randomly throwing uh, what we like to term as a Band-Aid uh, on a project. You're haphazardly throwing uh, money out the window because you believe this is going to put you in the best possible position when in fact there's larger gaps of security measures that you're, you're missing. Active shooter training is essential today in our world. It's unfortunate reality, but it's something that we have to come to terms with and accept. But that being said, active shooter training is not meant to cause fear. It's not meant to be a fear-based uh, program. What our goal is, especially with our organization, we complete high-level uh, active shooter training and gap analysis as part of our active shooter training so that we can empower your organization. We want to empower your members of your congregation, of your mosque, of your synagogue, of your place of business. We want to empower them to give them the, the skill set to make life de- life-saving decisions in those moments when they matter most. That gives them the opportunity to uh, know what to do in case of an emergency, and it could be anywhere. It doesn't necessarily have to be at their place of worship or uh, at their business where they receive the training. We give them the tools and skill set to take that into everyday modern life and apply it into applicable situations. The reality at the end of the day is what your goal and objective for a place of worship or school in in preparedness today should be your overall resiliency. We want to create an opportunity for um, risk mitigation, 
loss of life, loss of property, to reduce those opportunities, to prevent them from even occurring. That should be priority number one. From there, you have opportunities to go into things as far as the assessments. You can go into um, cost-effective measures that will put your uh, place of worship or your school or your business in a position to be successful in a crisis. That includes access control. That includes uh, time locks on your ingress and egress doors. That includes cameras and in, in increasing your camera safety. Um, there's cameras now that are 4K. Uh, they have remote access. You can actually uh, take your cameras and you can not only zoom in, but you can also uh, take those cameras and you can have access control incorporated into that and allow you to lock down your facility and control ingre ingress and egress with those points. Um, in addition, as you just mentioned, was the ballistic laminate. That is something that our, our firm is uh, exclusively providing here in Western New York. And that applies to any glass surface, whether it's existing or new. And we have the capability of reaching a level of bullet resistance uh, that is really never been seen before in the public. It's, it's been used in the military, it's been used at the FBI, it's been used on U.S. embassies, and for the first time, uh, it's being applied and offered to the public. And so that's something that we like to at least tout because this is a cost-effective measure that you can make shelter-in-place locations for those people that aren't able to evacuate. You can make uh, a target hardened, essentially, using the um, FBI uh, lingo there. And you have the opportunity to come back and, and put yourself in a position to be successful and prevent these measures from occurring. The key behind, especially in a place of worship, the key behind security and safety is, number one, you should not even know that it's existing. And number two is that you don't change the culture and you, uh, excuse me, you don't change the aesthetics and you don't change the environment to the point where you have people feeling as though they are in a prison, which is a, a large concern for organizations. Many organizations don't even want to have armed physical presence security guards in their mosque, in their, their, their church, or in their synagogue. So what's your alternative? Well, the alternative to that is to take the opportunity to increase your steps in, in uh, protecting your environment. Again, access control, the laminate, what have you. Uh, or you have security that is dressed in plain clothes that you never know that they're even there, but they blend into the environment, and yet they're a high level uh, of resiliency that you're creating in your environment that is protecting your congregation. We live in a society now that has become more and more violent each and every year. We see that. Susan Rose and Brian Mazarowski on WBEN turning to Miguel Rivera of Rivera Investigations. They do so a lot during times like this. He also is a strong proponent of organizations and individuals being aware, becoming trained for the unthinkable. And to continue uh, with a mindset that it's not going to happen here, or it will not happen to us. Uh, you know, it happens in other places. Uh, that's not the mindset to have. So at least preparing ourselves, whether it be through active shooter training, whether it be uh, by instilling some type of protocol that needs to be followed, uh, or taking um, steps or measures to attempt to prevent uh, things like this, I, I think is crucial. Having the security, when we talk about places of worship, um, or, or large venues, whether it be sporting venues or theaters or, or uh, musicals. You know, you, you, you have to have some type of security team there. There has to be some type of training dealing with, uh, uh, you know, uh, catastrophes like this. And, and there are ways to reach out uh, and get this training for your personnel or have the trained personnel come in and provide that service for you. Uh, it's always there. Well, you know, I, I, I've always swore by the adage that there is no magical pill that can be taken 
uh, that you can take that'll say, if it ever happens, I'm good to go. You know, I'm, I'm going to be covered. Uh, you know, it's not going to happen to me. I'll be prepared for it. But I, I think, I think by, by preparing ourselves for things like this, whether it be through training, whether it be through our mindset, um, or, or just our, our way of life, um, it, it, it kind of gives us the edge up. It, it's something that we need to look into. Um, you know, again, you don't know where it's going to happen, uh, why it's going to happen. We can beat our brains against the wall to try and figure that out over and over again every time these things happen. The only thing we can try to do is prepare ourselves uh, so that we are not the, the, uh, the, uh, the soft target or, or the victim uh, of something like this and to know what to do with it does. It's not just a, a, a law enforcement thing, it, and it's not just a U.S. thing either. I mean, these, these things are happening all over, you know, all over the world. Um, uh, and it, it's something that us as individuals, and I'm not saying this just because I'm retired, um, but, but understand, to call law enforcement, it's going to be a few minutes or, or before they get there. So first off, the incident has to come about. You recognize it as being such, and then you're either tripping an alarm you're calling 9-11, um, you know, emergency responders show up, they jump into their training mode. But I, I think we got to target this thing in the early stages. You know, the recognition of, of possible avenues that, that can be taken by somebody with this mindset. You know, are, are your doors locked? Um, um, you know, is, is there a perimeter put around so you got people watching before they even get to your venue? Uh, you know, is there somebody coming up? Is it middle of July? And you got somebody walking up to the church or, or, or to the theater, and he's got a long trench coat on in the middle of July. You know, I mean, these are things that we need to be watching for. Yes, law enforcement ramps up the, the training at early stages from the academy level. Um, our departments in our area, Western New York here, are fabulous about it. Buffalo's leading edge, Chicktawaga, Amherst, Otonawandas, you know, Hamburg, they've all gotten pieces of it, and they've all gotten training for it. But again, it, it, it's, it's when they're notified to get there and jump into their training to get into that, that um, muscle memory type thing. I think it's something we have to look at as people uh, and, and, and try to take these preventative measures before things even get started. Unfortunately, we oftentimes have those examples after the fact, after the attack has occurred. And then we find out, like Parkland. Parkland was such a horrible example where there was one situation and another situation. And, uh, and, and the kind of, you know, proactive law enforcement wasn't, wasn't conducted, unfortunately. ABC News security consultant Steve Gomez, a former FBI agent himself, telling Susan and Brian the time to give serious thought about training and for all of us to think about the things we see and hear is before anything horrific has a chance of even occurring. Here we have an example where it's not a tragedy. We're actually talking about, hey, we actually did our job. Law enforcement did a great job with the L.A. plot. And, and I said it yesterday, uh, it, it's a good day for law enforcement, but it's a great day for America. Looking what happened at the synagogue shooting over the weekend, is it time maybe for places of worship, no matter what the faith, to mandate some sort of security presence in there, whether it's for peace of mind or just because that's the reality of the times? You know, I, I've already been contemplating that as far as some of the comments and, and uh, advice that I've been providing to people, uh, you, you know, not only in the, the commentaries on um, on radio and TV, but, but with some of my uh, clients in the private sector, that uh, you literally have to start thinking 
I mean, we've been saying this all along when it comes to sports venues, major events where there are huge crowds. But unfortunately, there is so much of a threat to houses of worship. I mean, I'm talking about all houses of worship from all religions. They are all, unfortunately, being targeted. They are they're being attacked. I mean, think about it. In the last month, we've had attacks on a mosque in New Zealand, on multiple churches, Christian churches in Sri Lanka, and now a synagogue attack in um, San Diego, all in one month. And uh, and and that that's just this month. I mean, there there are many more. So and and we've seen a lot of intelligence that's come across that has indicated that houses of worship are being targeted, and they have to take precautions. So unfortunately, we are in this stage where um, the houses of worship, the leaders for those communities, have to start to think, okay, what are we going to do to protect our community, to protect our place of worship? And uh, I'm not saying that they all have to hire, you know, armed guards and so on, or have metal detectors, but but they got to at least think strategically and have those kinds of discussions. And uh, one of the senior analysts that worked for me um, at our company, at our security consulting company, they they act. He he is one of the security folks, you know, plain clothes. He's a you know a martial arts expert and so on. Um, you got to have some somebody somewhere, and uh, you know at least you know maybe have a gun like they did have at the San Diego synagogue. Uh, maybe have some people with some pepper gel that can shoot and disable the person uh, from seeing, you know, and, and have some martial arts uh, capabilities. Some things like that. Just have some conversations about that. People want them to be peaceful places, but you know it could be something like just a, a an armed security guard somewhere who you might not even notice aside from when you pass him by when you're on your way in. Exactly. I mean, it could be somebody that's just dressed in a suit, maybe, you know, no tie, just, you know, just kind of blends in, uh, but maybe looks a little official, maybe not. Um, you can have a couple of those types of people. Uh, and, and, and there are different types of weapons. I mean, you know, so, some houses of worship may not want to have a gun in there, uh, but, but there are other things that can be done. And, uh, and they just have to explore that and have that kind of conversation and have a strategic plan on how you go about protecting the, uh, the location and, and maybe even do a practice run, do, do a kind of like a, a training exercise to kind of walk through if somebody did come in with a rifle like, uh, like what happened with uh, San Diego, what would we do? How would we react? And, and a lot of times that, that's very helpful for the people that are trying to protect the location. That's 930 in 716. We're back tomorrow with another edition from the studios of WBEN Buffalo. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.